Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? Everybody good? Man, I want to say a big thank you to Justin Reed, who just left, led us in worship. Man, wasn't that awesome, everybody? Give it up for those guys. Thank you, band. I was going to come up here and introduce him, but I, we got our wires crossed. So anyways, thank you for being with us today, Justin. And my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And if you're a guest with us today, first of all, thank you so much for being here. And those of you who are out in the lobby, thank you for being here as well. Give it up for all of our friends online as well. Everybody give it up for everybody right quick. Uh, one thing before I jump into the teaching today, um, this coming Friday night uh, right here, we're having our marriage night, uh, and we got special guest pastors, uh, Chad and Heidi King from uh, San Francisco area, the Bay Area, California, friends of ours coming in. They're going to be, I'm telling you, they're going to be phenomenal. They're going to teach together, and we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of food, a lot of coffee, come a good coffee, everybody, good coffee in the house, and a lot of, a lot of photo ops. I think we have a little over 200 people who've signed up for that, but there's, there's still time for you as well. $60 a couple, but listen, don't let money get in the way. If it's a money thing, please come anyways. I promise you, we're not going to stop you from coming. We would love for you to be here. The room's going to be full. We're going to have tables and all kinds of cool stuff going on. Uh, join us. And one more time, 22 people responded to the word of God last week, got baptized. It was amazing. Amazing. Question. Just rhetorically, does God, does God speak to us? Does God speak to us as people? Does he, not, and I'm talking about to us corporately. Do, does he speak to me? Does he speak to you? Does he want to speak to you? There, there is this place in the, in, in, the, in the history of Israel where God sends a prophet named Isaiah. Isaiah, if you want to be correct, right? Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 50. And God says through the prophet, he says, why was there no man when I came? Why, when I called, why was there none to answer? You remember that commercial from back in the day, Can You Hear Me Now, right? Remember that? Can you hear me now? I think this is kind of what God's saying, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm talking, but there's nobody on the other end. I'm looking for somebody to stand up, but there's nobody saying, I will, send me, right? I, I think God could ask the same question in this generation, I think it's true that many people either don't know what, what God is saying to them or they don't know if God is saying anything to them. God, I believe, God is speaking. And the problem is people have become disoriented to his voice or disconnected from his voice or they never made the connection in the beginning. And then the vulnerability that that creates in our lives when we don't know what's God's plan for my life and what's God's agenda for my life and who does God want me to be with and, and what's the career path and what am I supposed to do with my kids and all of these questions that we have in our life, God wants to give us help and he wants to give us direction. Does God speak to people today? And, and if so, how does he do it? And, and, and then how do I know if he's talking to me and how do I know it's not just the pizza, come on, I ate, or the, it was too much carne and big red. Come on, everybody, right? Right? Does God, these are some of the questions that we'd like to try to answer um, over the next few weeks and as we start this series, Hearing God. And we're not going to answer all that today. I just want to, I want to start you down this road. I want to kind of whet your, maybe your appetites 
to just consider the idea that God wants to speak. Just to start, I wanna say this. I have never heard the audible voice of God. And I would say I'm kind of happy about that. Come on, somebody, right? Because like, if I heard a voice, I don't know what might go down. Come on, somebody. No. Okay, just me. All right, just me. I'm the only uh, coward in the house today. I, I've heard people say that they've heard God's voice like audibly, but I, I have not. But I have no doubt in my life that God has spoken to me. No doubts. I want to give you a couple of stories from my own experience. Um, your experience will be different than mine. But the first time that I knew God said something to me was at the age of 19. I had spent one year at, at, a, at a seminary. I was studying music. I was a singer. I got to sing all over the country in that season. But I came home going, this, this can't be all that there is supposed to be to my life. I go on a mission trip at the end of the summer. I've, I've already enrolled in secular college. I've left school. I've called them back and said, I'm not going to be part of the team anymore. I'm I'm out. Um, but I went on this mission trip over to Del Rio. We crossed the border and we worked, we did some work over there. I came home by myself. Parents weren't home in that little house over there on 1803 Plum Creek in Adams Hill, uh, Adams Hill. And I was like, God, I need to know what you want to do with my life. I was just confused and I was disoriented. God, please. And I prayed. I was in my, I was, I was, in, I was on my knees in that little, that little living room. God, please talk to me. Tell me what you want from me. And I, I didn't hear anything. And so I had this old Bible. It wasn't old, it was brand new. It was a big old Bible. My mother, for my 18th birthday, she gave me a giant Bible, everybody. Not this one, come on. It's one of those ones where I think she was trying to send a subliminal message. Like, you need to be a missionary, son, right? Like, like your father and I, right? Luke, I, no, anyways. Uh. And so, like, this is how desperate I was. I was like, all right, God, you know, I'm not even joking. That's exactly what I did. And right there it said, go preach. And I was like, what? That can't be right. Because I, I, I wanted to be rich, everybody, and I knew that wasn't the pathway. <laughs> this is not the pathway. So I, I literally, this is terrible, but I'm, I'm admitting this out in public. The call of Jeremiah to preach. Go preach. And so I got on my knees. I will do what you say to do, God. And I began to weep. I wept so much I needed an IV, everybody, by the time it was over. 19 years old, 20, fast forward, 25 years old. And I'm, I know that this girl's way out of my league, but I'm not sure am I supposed to move forward with this thing, right? Come on, it shouldn't have been a problem. It shouldn't have been a question. Y'all can see that now, right? But I was, I was like, ah, I don't know what to do, you know? And, I, and, and my pastor at the time says, Danny, get on your knees. He, he was a big dude, so you just did whatever he said, right? <laughs> God's, gonna, God's gonna give you the word. And, and, and it was just the clearest thing, Rachel, Rachel. Right? And, and, and I wept again, I wept again. I'm not a big weeper, but I was weeping because I was like, praise God. Well, maybe she'll take me, you know what I'm saying? And I knew, man, I knew that's the girl. That's the one for me. And then at 27, we had been, uh, we had spent a year, we were married for a year, working at a church, had the most incredible students, the most amazing youth group. And we got a job opportunity and it was like, no way can I leave these kids. But I was involved in a really bad situation with the church that I was in. It was just not a good situation. The kids were wonderful, but it was just bad. I'm not gonna get into all that. And this job was in, at a church called Woodlawn, church in Columbia, Mississippi, which I had never even, what is Columbia, Mississippi, you know? 
And so I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I can leave these kids. I, I need, and, and here's how I said it. Here's how I said it. God, I need you to speak to me in a way that even I can't jack this up. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, please, even me. So I'm driving down the road, God, please, what do we, you know, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to get it wrong. You know, this is before I had matured and understand, you know, anyways, anyways. So I'm driving and down this van passes by me on the right. And it just says on there, Woodlawn Cemetery. And I was like, nah, can't be, can't be. So later on that day, I get to my office and I've got, I'm a youth pastor. And so it's like, when you run out of things to do, you take them to laser quest. Anybody remember laser quest here? So this is so old. This is how old I am. I'm looking for laser quest number in the yellow pages, everybody. Yep. You don't, you can't Google back in, in 1998. Right. So LA, 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 LAW, lawn, wood. What? And I'm like, that's not, that's backwards. And then I looked and it was on Woodlawn street. Oh, come on, man. Come on. So, so I know y'all think I'm nuts. All right, but it's okay. So that night we're, we're driving around and we're just going, man, what are we doing? We're doing pros and cons, like God's will, you know, what is it? And we're driving around and I'm, and I'm, part of, I'm, I'm inside the Loop 410 now and I'm over there in an older part of town. I don't remember seeing this building. I, I was like, what is that? And it was, it said Columbia 300. It was a bowling ball company. Columbia, come on, everybody. It's just, and then I was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to Columbia, Mississippi, babe. And, and, and that's, and that's how God, so, so God spoke to me to call me to ministry through his word. The second time he spoke to me, he spoke to me because I was on my knees, desperate for a word. He gave, he did it through prayer. And the third time he spoke to me at 27, like I'm talking about like big time spoke to me was through like outward signs. Okay. Um, and now, honestly, I don't recommend any of these three ways, everybody. Well, prayer and God's word, but not the way I did it. Not the, you know what I'm saying? Not that. Um, but, but what I discovered through my own lifetime is that God tends to speak to us in ways that fit where we're at at the time he speaks to us. Right? So that, that fit, in this case, the level of spiritual maturity. In my case, in those seasons, the level of spiritual immaturity that I had. Uh, but, but he knew who I was. He knew where I was at. He wanted to make sure even I couldn't miss it. Come on. Cause that's what I pray. Th- those of you who have children understand this, the way we speak to our babies, come on, baby talk, goo goo, gaga. We don't like you talk to your elementary age kids. That's why they don't want you dropping them off at the front. They want you to drop them off by the road. Come on. Right. <laughs> Love you, baby. Right. They're like, don't dad, dad, don't talk to me like, you know, Right. As they grow up, they mature middle school, high school, college, their language expands, their minds expands to understand increasingly grown up concepts. Our communication expands as well. Does that make sense, everybody? This is the way God works, I believe. I've also noticed that my early encounters with God, the ones I just described, were, were, were far more dramatic than my later experiences. God doesn't have to make a, a van pass by me to help me see what he's ta- trying to get me to. But I also noticed this is the pattern of scripture. Moses' first encounter with God, burning bush. Doesn't, that doesn't ever happen again, but he needs Moses to go. This is me. I'm going to catch a bush on fire, but it's not going to burn, right? Ezekiel, there's clouds and there's lightning in the clouds. There's angels going all over the place. He never talks to Ezekiel like that again, right? Saul on the road to Damascus, blinding light, like blinds him for a couple of days or whatever it is. He never talks to Saul like that again, right? 
It was dramatic at first, but it was based on where they were. The point is that the way that God speaks to people will often match their personalities, their character, and also the circumstances that they find themselves in, um, in, in including the desperation of their hearts. And in my case, bawling my eyes out at, 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 at a church front, like, please God, and God spoke to me in a way that, that matched that, that season. Those early words from God for me were no doubters. Nobody could convince me that I would see that many things, signs, so to speak, in one day. Nobody could convince me that was an accident. And looking back, it was a no-doubter that we were supposed to go to to Woodlawn Church in Columbia, Mississippi. Um, Does God speak? And how do I know that he's speaking? Because while those early ones were no-doubters, there have been other times in my life, please, God, speak. And nothing. Please, God, give direction. And I didn't hear a thing. So I don't think there's a question that God speaks. The biblical record bears this out from Adam and Eve in the very beginning, the very first human beings, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, John the Baptist, John the Beloved, Peter, James. It's there. We'll dig into how he does all that later on in the series. But for those of us who go, yeah, bro, it just I think you're weird, and I don't think that God speaks to people. I think it's super weird. Let me ask you this question. Why would Jesus say in John, my sheep know my voice? If it's not possible to know God's voice, why would Jesus say, my sheep know my voice? In fact, he goes on. I want to read this to you, John 10. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his what? His own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought all all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. Let me give you this example. I've given it before. If you put me in a room and blindfolded me in a room full of 50 women who are all having a great time conversating, you know, laughing, cutting up, I could pick out Rachel's voice from among the 50 every single time. Do you know why? I've spent a lot of time with her talking through so much of our lives. I know her voice, and it's possible for you and I to come to know Jesus like this, where we know his voice, even in, even in a sea of other voices, competing voices, contradictory voices, we can know Jesus' voice. He calls his own by name. You know why I'm pointing this out? Because Jesus wants to have an interactive, personal relationship with you and with me. And if we don't believe that, if we believe that, that our relationship with God is transactional, I make a transaction with him, he makes me right with him, I'm going to heaven, but that's it, we'll never experience the fullness of what God has for, for our lives. He calls his own by name. God, God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? We have to learn to tune in. You may not realize this. You probably do. There are radio waves all around you. There are, there are like right now, we could turn in, because it's Super Bowl Sunday, everybody, we could tune in and listen to who they're going to think they're, is going to win. Is Mahomes' ankle going to be all right? And how, you know, how's Jalen Hurts going to do? Is, is this first time? We, it's all floating around your heads right now, but we don't have tuners built into our brains. Come on, somebody. But we do have tuners to hear what God says. So, so Jesus says, Luke 8, verse 8. Whoever, 
Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever, whoever leans in, whoever says, God, I, I hope you'll be the kind of God with me who will speak to me, whoever will tune in to what God is saying can hear. And I know some of us know people who are weird about this whole speaking to God thing, right? Come on, you, you're like, ah, I'm kind of thinking about that one dude. I don't, if that's what we're talking about, I'm out, right? God said this, God said that, God said that. And, and sometimes people say it so much, you're like, dude, you hear from God more than Moses, right? <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Hey, God's not weird, everybody. People are. People do weird stuff on the, on, the behalf, on the behalf of God. Doesn't make it less true that God speaks, though. We shouldn't judge what God does or doesn't do by our own experiences or our lack of experience. We, we, we have to judge God, uh, what God does by what God said he does in his word. Those of us who do not believe that God speaks, specifically, we will never hear him speak. Right? Because he responds to what? Faith. And I want to say this, if you're on a journey of faith and you're not quite sure about God or the Bible or Jesus, and you're like, dude, what is this brother talking about today? I hope you'll stay with it for a couple of weeks, like lean in. Because what I would hope for you, if you're checking out faith, if you're checking out Jesus, I would hope that you'll discover that there is a God who is infinite, created the heavens and the earth. He has no beginning, he has no end, but he's also intimate. That God who is infinite is also intimate. Big enough to handle all of the world all simultaneously, small enough to fit inside your heart. And I also realize that some of you had people tell you in times past, God said that this is what's going to happen. And it didn't happen and it led to hurt or, or unbelief. And that's not the road we're trying to travel down today. We've experienced that same thing where people said, hey, God said, but it wasn't right. But in spite of all that, God speaks and, and he wants to speak to you. And, and listen, how does any relationship survive where there is no communication? The, the answer is it doesn't. In order to know God, um, in order to have a relationship with God, we have to talk to God, and then we have to expect that he wants to talk to us. And, and we have to have communication, because without communication, there is no relationship. Now, there are many extremes around this, but I'm going to give you two of them. The first extreme is this, that there are people who would say that God does speak, but he only speaks through his word, Right? Now, God does speak through his word, and he, does, he, he, he most predominantly speaks through his word. Um, but they would say he doesn't nudge us, he doesn't do the still small voice, he doesn't have a gentle guidance, he doesn't do a gut-level instinctive thing, right? He only uses his word to speak. And the issue that I've seen is that it is, has become increasingly obvious that people can manipulate this to say almost anything they want it to say. Right? So... For instance, someone once told me years ago about um, the fact that they, they were shacking up with their girlfriend and they, said, and they said to me, hey, we've prayed about that and God's given us a peace about that. And I was like, yeah, well, that would be God contradicting his own word about his plans for human sexuality and relationships. And I don't think he's gonna contradict his word ever. And I'm not trying to be a jerk to anybody in this room, but he just isn't gonna contradict his own word, Right? So people who believe God only speaks through his word will tend to believe that the Holy Spirit spoke to inspire scripture. They believe that, but that he will not speak today to apply scripture to my individual story. God speaks through his word most predominantly for sure, but he believe, I believe he does more than that. So, so if we don't have room for the nudges of the spirit, like the general, hey, whoa, you're, you're off course a little bit. If we don't have room for the conviction of the spirit, applied to our unique circumstances uh, and place. And I believe the Bible could just become this static 
book, no different than an encyclopedia. But the Bible says about itself that the word of God is sharp, that it is active, that it is alive, that it is cutting things off of our life. It's, it's, it's not a static, dead, old, tired book. It is, it is, it is breathing. It's God-breathed, the Bible says, right? So, it, it, and if it becomes a static instrument, it becomes, it leads to oftentimes pride. Knowledge puffs up, Paul says, right? And, and so we can begin to use it as a tool to wield against people rather than seeing scripture as a living testament to transform us, to speak to us, to, 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 to tell us of the beauty of God, to, to take us on this journey of, of transformation and change and discovery. The other side of the extreme is that person who is super slash hyper spiritual, right? Now, a lot of you don't know people like that, but I grew up with a lot of them, right? Where everything is spiritual. It's like, they get preachy, like, man, I was on my way to work today and the devil flatted my tire. Oh, bro, you, it's, they're bald. What, what's the devil, dude? You just need to buy new tires. Come on, y'all don't know those kind of folk, but I, I know them, man. I got, I got much to say, but I'm going to keep it rolling. I don't want to keep it too real, just kind of real. But, 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 but again, it's that extreme that, and, and, and I'm cautious by saying this because I don't want to discount people who say, I feel like God said, but when God says 40 things a day and sometimes they contradict each other, bro, you're not helping us all out. It's like, again, God talks to you more than Moses and Abraham combined. Again, we don't let hyper-spiritual people ruin that God does speak. The God who spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden and Moses at the burning bush said to the disciples, but your eyes are blessed because they, what? They do see and your ears because they do hear, right? If you look at the church, the early church in the book of Acts, you'll see that over 40 times, if you read from chapters one through 28, you'll find that there are, there are 40, some, maybe 45 places where God expressly speaks words of, of comfort and guidance and warning and truth and help. And he did so in, in different ways. Uh, if you read it, he, 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 he talks to them through the Old Testament scriptures. Um, Jesus used his own ver, ver, voice in, in Acts chapter one, right? There were angels, there were dreams, there were visions, among other things. God spoke to them through one another, right? And that's how he often does, the community of believers, right? That's why we do group life, by the way. That's why we get out of these rows and we get in these circles, because God will speak to us through one another, through their own community. God spoke to them through the Holy Spirit, who compelled them, forbid them, rebuked them, encouraged them. So how do you and I, how do we start hearing from God? If God wants to speak, how do we do that? I think it's safe to say that we need guardrails, because some people take it out of bounds, into a little bit crazy town. And so we're going to say, what are the guardrails? Number one guardrail is that a word from God will always be compatible with God's word. So when God speaks to us through, to us or through us, he will never contradict what he's spoken through the Bible. He's not going to give us a new revelation about himself, which he's not already revealed through the Holy Scriptures. And what he's going to do is give you application for, for, from Scripture to a specific thing that's going on in your heart, your life, or your family's life. He will only apply to your life and to your situation the principles he's already revealed. He will never lead you towards temptation. He will never lead you towards sin. He does not do that. If it's leading you towards sin, it is not from God. Ever. Right? Psalm 119, the psalmist says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path, right? 
God's will is most often found in God's word. He's going to shine enough light on my path if I'm in the word to help me take the next right step. Does that make sense? He He may not give me the next 50 steps, but the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, the Bible says, right? So second guardrail. Um, and by the way, when you get to the word of God, you don't rush through it. You, you're not just trying to get through the word. You're trying to get the word through you, right? So, so throw away the microwave and crock pot that thing. Can I get a, can I get a witness for crock pots? Second guardrail, if we're going to learn how to do this, is we need wise mentors and friends in faith. See, the time, what I've seen is that oftentimes when we're trying to do our own thing, we tend to shun wisdom and go looking for people who will just tell us what we want to hear. But we need people to go, yeah, bro, that's not the right thing. You did not hear from God on that one, right? And then you got to decide if you're going to cut them or you're going to keep them, right? Come on, I'm just kidding. Listen, there are seasons of confusion in my life, my own life, right here, right now, where I need somebody to go, hey, man, I don't know what the right word is. And so sometimes God will use people to, to, to hear from God for me and with me. Third guardrail. Third guardrail is there's got to be a, a level of humility associated with this. You know what I'm saying? Because like the, the, the tradition I grew up in, and I'm not, it was beautiful and wonderful in so many ways, but there was, there, there would tend to get a spiritual pride around the gifts of the spirit as though you, you gave yourself the, gift of the, the gifts of the Spirit, right? And, and humility says, man, I think this is what God's saying, but I could be wrong. Does that make sense? Like, sometimes, I, sometimes I, I feel like God wants me to say something to, to a person. It's happened many, many times. Some of you have been on the other end of this. Or I'll say, um, I, I think this is what God is saying. I could be wrong, but you take it, you take it however you want to take it. And, and then oftentimes it's like, wow, how did you know that? And I, I think what that is, is what Paul calls in 1 Corinthians, four different times in 1 Corinthians, he calls it a word of knowledge. He doesn't ever tell us what a word of knowledge is. But what I think it is, is the, the ability to know something that I have no ability to know. So this is kind of an extreme example. Several, several years ago, probably 12 years ago, I'm praying for a new person at our church, new to faith. We actually baptized. He was our first baptism ever. We baptized him in a hot tub. Come on, praise God. Somebody, for somebody having a hot tub. We didn't even own a baptism tank, right? And I'm, I'm going to have coffee with him, so I'm praying with him for him, God, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just have this word come to my mind, affair, affair, affair. And I'm like, you know, get out. You know, like, I don't so I said, I, I go have coffee with him at Starbucks. I said, hey, bro, this is super weird, bro. I, 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 I could be wrong. I, I probably am. Probably this is crazy. But when I was praying for you today, I just, the word affair, affair, affair came up. And he bows his head and he does just like this. And he just sits there. And he looks up and goes, how did you know that? How could you possibly? I said, I don't know that. I didn't know that. It's just a word that wouldn't leave me alone. He said, well, I am, but I'm kind of freaked out by you right now. And I was like, yeah. I said, I kind of freaked out by me too, you know. I said, but I want to tell you something, bro. God loves you so much, loves your marriage so much that he sent me to say, you sure you want to do that? And he was able to salvage his marriage. He went right from that and went and told his wife, and they worked that out. 
And God loves us enough to warn us. Hebrews 12, 6, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And then the King James says, and he scourges every son that he loves. That's how much he loves you. Like, I'm not gonna, like parents, you get this. When our kids are dangerously close to disaster, we step in and go, whoa, 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 are you sure about that? Right? This God works that way. And you have to have humility because if God uses you in that way, you start thinking, I'm the mouthpiece of God. Right? No, no, you're not. You're just a lump of clay and human flesh. And God sometimes goes, because you know what I remember? He spoke through a donkey, everybody. You know, and, <laughs> like, like, you ain't all that. Come on, Danny, you ain't all that. Right? Um, we, we need discernment, everybody. In the world we live in, the culture we live in, discernment is a spiritual gift, by the way. And, and listen, we, we never use God's gifts for selfish advancement or pride or arrogance. That's why humility. So, so John, 1 John 4, 1, he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit or every word, or every thought, or every idea, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because, because many, what? False prophets have gone out into the world. Many false ideas, many false messages, and many people espousing them. And sometimes they come under the banner of Christianity. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. This is why this, is why this subject matters. Like normally in February, we're doing relationships, and it's light and fluffy. And, and I'm going to just tell you that because of the season and the time we live in, we have to know how to hear from God for ourselves, for ourselves. Um, our spiritual, en- here's why, our spiritual enemy also talks to us. And when he plants an idea in our heads, we call that temptation. But when God plants an idea in our heads, we call that inspiration. But both of those things are happening and we have to have the tuning power to say, God, what are you saying to your church? God, what are you saying to, for my family? God, what are you saying for me? In fact, this is, this is at the heart of the Christian life. For those of you who call yourselves Christians, this is at the heart of it. We have to get this right because we want to get life right, yes or no, right? We, we want to know as young adults, you know, what is, what's the career path? Or, and who, who do you have for me to marry, God, if, if that's where, what you want? We, we need direction for our careers. We, we, we need wisdom as parents for how to navigate increasingly Uh, increasingly tricky situations with our kids. All around us, there are voices and messages and noise, and we specifically need timely, specific words from God to know how to move forward. What does God say? What does God want? Listen, if you never say, wonder what God thinks about this, that's a problem. If you never say, hey, God, what do you think about this? That's a problem, right? And, And if you say, God, I... What do you think God will speak? Most Christians, I think, acknowledge their need for God's guidance. A lot of us go so far as to ask. The problem is we're not sure how to recognize. And for some of us, if we're honest, we're not sure that God would speak to us, that maybe he'd speak to somebody else, but not me. But listen, he speaks because he is your father. Right? Fathers give godly wisdom and advice to their kids. They lead, they guide, they direct, they protect, they rebuke, they chase, and they advise, they give wisdom. That's what good fathers do. And there ain't anybody better a father than God our Father. So I'm done. Somebody come and play so it'll feel like I'm done. (laughs) Sorry. 
If you're new here, I'm, there's something wrong with me. I'll admit it. John, Jesus' best friend, on the Isle of Patmos, Revelation 3, 21, utter, writes down the words of Jesus, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit, what the Spirit of God says to the churches. What's this word? Whoever. Whoever will lean in Whoever will open their hearts, say, God, if you talk, if you have the capacity to speak to me, then I want to hear what you say. And listen, let me ask you another question. There's a lot of confusion in our world today. There's a lot of discrepancies about what's right and what's wrong. And is anything wrong? Is anything right? Or is it just, oh, it's whatever you think today and tomorrow, right? But let me ask you something. With all of the competing and confusing messages out there, do we really think God's not talking? Right? Of course he's talking. And sometimes he speaks to me through a sermon. Sometimes he speaks to me because I'm reading the scriptures. Oh, that's what I needed to hear right there. Sometimes a friend will call. Sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's a word that gets stuck in my head. Sometimes it's one of your names in this room. And, and I can't, and sometimes I have a dream. I have dreams. And I'm like, that, that dream was too weird. I know I didn't eat too much carne asada last night because I wanted some and I didn't get some. There's a reason for it. Sometimes he just gives me instinct, an instinct, a gut feeling, a nudge. He wants you to hear his voice, recognize it, follow him too, and you'll grow in this as you go. Our prayer is that maybe over the next few weeks we can help you in this process. Last, last guardrail, and we're done. God's voice will never contradict his character that's been revealed in the scriptures. Romans 8, verse 1, Therefore there is now no what? No condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free, has set you free from the law of sin and death. So, somebody comes to you, says, I have a word from God from you, and it's condemning you. Paul, Paul is clear that gifts of the Spirit are meant to build up, not tear down. Not tear down. If you are... If you are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. So what that means then is that there is a character of God that will speak to you. I think Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse, verse 26. Do we have it? No, we don't have it. Let me, let me just read it to you. Let me just read it to you. Verse 22, sorry. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And even when he's going to give you a conviction, and even when he's going to warn you or challenge you or rebuke you for your sin, he will always be self-controlled. Always. If that's the Holy Spirit's, the character of the Spirit that God is trying to form inside of us, then we can naturally assume that when God speaks to us, he's going to speak to us just like that. So, God speaks we must be prepared to listen. And so for those of you who say, you know what, Danny, I want, 
I want to, I want to know how to do that. I want to get in on that. You practice it, right? You practice it. God, this week, listen, I know it's the Super Bowl and you're going to eat too much and you're going to do whatever you're going to do today and you're going to get crazy out there and whatever's going to happen. But what if God wants to say something to you today just as a way of saying, hey, I want to affirm the word of God that was spoken in my house today. So God might be trying to speak to you if what you're hearing is going to cause you to take a next right step of faith. Like if he's saying, hey, you missed that chance to get baptized last week, but they're gonna, they got another one in two weeks. That's probably God, right? If it takes faith to do what you're hearing, that's probably from God. Um, if there's a verse that gets stuck in your head or a song that gets stuck in your heart, a song from the Lord, by the way, not, not just an old journey tune. Come on, somebody. Except don't stop, believe. Okay, anyways, um, I just messed the whole thing up right here. God might be trying to say something to you if there's a, wor- a verse. Go dig into that verse and, and crockpot that thing, right? If you're trying to do something and, and, and the door keeps slamming in your face and you just keep trying over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, it might be God, God saying, no. Yeah, but I live in a world where I want to hear yes. No, sometimes God says no. Just like you as a parent say what? No. Some of you, you need to learn that word more. No. Anyways, I'm just, it's none of my business. It's, I'm out. it's none of my business. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have stuck my nose in there. If you're feeling a strong prompting to pray for someone or something, that's probably God trying to speak something to you. Lean into a season of prayer. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, right? Sorry, I... can't help it. I don't know how to stop it. At the end of last year, December the 20th, I looked it up this morning. I was praying right over there. That wasn't God right there, right, by the way. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to use your phone right now. Um, I felt, I, I, you ever feel just kind of beat up a little bit? Like you're just like, oh man, I'm just kind of discouraged or whatever. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I know this is childish, but if you're with me, if you're for me, and I, and I know you are intellectually, but I just don't feel that. Would, would you just lay me on somebody's heart? That's what, that's what I used to say it in the old church I grew up in. Lay me on somebody's heart. Y'all, before I had gotten from there to that door, I was walking out to go to staff meeting. Tuesday mornings we pray here, by the way. I don't know if y'all know that. Like 10 of y'all do, but it, uh, the rest of us. <laughs> I'm praying, and, and before I get to that door right there, and it's my buddy Stephen Andrus, and he's got a video. I play the video. Hey, bro, I just had you in my mind. I realize he's driving to work. And I'm like, bro, look at the road. You know, he's, like, he's looking down. Hey, man, I just wanted you to know, man, I love you, bro. And God's thinking about you. God, God sees you. You know, I know it's Christmas week uh, and it's going to be stressful, but I just want you to know he wants you just to chill out, man. Take all the pressure off. He loves you, bro. You tell me God doesn't speak. God doesn't hear. God doesn't respond. That was super fast. One last thing. This week, Rachel, uh, Friday. Friday's my day off. I've been struggling to sleep a little bit. I I struggle sometimes to sleep. Some of y'all know what that feels like. And after I wake up, she says, bro, Danny, it was so weird today. I woke up and I heard, heard like, hey, it's 5.58. Get up, turn off your alarm. She's getting up at 6 to go work out. It's 5.58. Get up so your alarm doesn't wake Danny. She's like, that's not real. So she gets her phone out 
it's 5.58. She turns it off, and she's like, Danny was so weird. God wanted you to get us some sleep today. Like, like, listen, I don't know what you think about that, but God loves you. He's your heavenly father. And this, the stuff that he's done for me, I'm just a regular old dude, y'all. I'm not special. I'm not next level. I'm not on a how never level. I'm just Danny. But like, like what I'm saying is like he loves you just like he loves me. He wants to talk to you. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to protect you. You believe that? Amen. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, as we kind of dig into this over the next few weeks, I, don't, I can't think of a, of a more important time in our history that God's people learn how to hear God's voice. And I just pray for wisdom and direction and protection. And God, those people who think, does God even know me? Does God even know I exist? May, may, may these little stories that I've shared today, God, from my own experience, and I got a thousand more, but can, can, could they just come to see you like that? And I pray that you would just blow some people's minds this week for how you talk to them, God, how you show them how very much you love them, how deep, how wide is the love of God. I pray that over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise, everybody? Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.